This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Hey, everybody out there listening in. Thanks for dialing in this week. Boy, we've got a great show for you, and we're going to talk about a lot of things that are going to impact your life. You know, one of the things that we always want to be doing on The Michael Wall Show is sharing thought and insight to help you move forward in life. And I know as we live life, we get just bombarded with media, whether it be national media, CNBC, Fox Business, Bloomberg, CNN, you know, the Today Shows, all of these different shows to print media, to Facebook, you know, kind of the new modern day newspaper where everybody goes to get their their news. And now we're talking about is Facebook, you know, not being playing nicely and are they they uh, kind of hiding some of the, the posts and things of conservative views. And so it can be challenging to know where can I go to get information that I can apply to my life to actually improve my life, to make a difference in my life. So really, more importantly, you can add value to others. I want to challenge you that you've ended up in the right spot. We have listeners. It's been amazing. We've been so blessed in over 100 countries in the world. And I appreciate all of you, each and every one of you for dialing in. I know many of you have reached out to us via Facebook and asked questions at any point in time. Go ahead and go to Facebook. Go to Michael D. Wall. That's where we're going to start to house everything to simplify it. And you can hear what we're doing, see what's going on. You can also go to the MichaelWallShow.com. This show, let me just set it up though for you because we've got a great show. We're going to talk about some fun things. First segment, as always, is motivation. I'm going to cover that in just a bit. Talking about the fountain of youth. How can you stay younger? We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk a little bit later about protecting and growing wealth in any economy. We got a clip from Tony Robbins we're going to bring in and kind of elaborate on that and why it's important to think about market timing. And then we're going to talk a little bit later about being your own bank. Doesn't that sound exciting? What if you could literally be your own bank? And take control, take the reins, make the interest, have tax-free income and some other things. We're going to discuss that later on. And taxes, big thing, coming up here the 17th. They're all due. I hope you filed them. If you haven't, uh, make sure you find a good CPA and get that done or extend like I do each and every year. You can extend and that makes your life a little bit easier and the life of the CPA easier. And then last week, we got a great interview from a guest, Mike Wolf. He is actually the head of sales for DeLonghi Group or DeLonghi.com. They have they have several different brands. They're based in Italy. The huge company. If you drink coffee, cappuccino, or any other type of caffeine drink uh, like that, coffee type drink, you've probably heard of some of their brands. So we're going to talk about how technology's changed, how sales has changed, how the whole environment of actually getting product to the consumers have changed. We're going to discuss that. But let me start out here as we talk and continue to have this conversation about motivation. And I want to talk about uh, the Fountain of Youth. It was interesting. My, my family and I went to St. Augustine this past weekend, and we had a great time. We actually went up there, and uh, we, we went to uh, – I never actually never knew the Saint that the Fountain of Youth was there, believe, believe it or not. So we went there, and we're hanging out. We're, we're having a good time, and there's a guy that's there, and he's a blacksmith. And this blacksmith – is literally, I mean, he's building all kind of stuff. He's taking the metal and he's he's putting it in. And I don't even know all the names of it because I'm not a blacksmith. I'm not a pro when it comes to that. But it was it was just fascinating. And then we went over and we watched them uh, with the cannon. They shot the cannon and did a little bit of little bit of gunpowder and did that. And then of course the kids, you know what they love to do. If you got children or grandkids, you'll know this. Our kids love to just climb trees. <laughs> so they they found a huge tree. And they're climbing up and down the tree, and there was a lot of, during that period, hey, Dad, watch this. Hey, Dad, watch this. Hey, Dad, watch this. So we were having a good time just kind of watching the kids do that. 
And then finally, we went to the spot, which is why we were there, which is the Fountain of Youth. You know, and this was kind of a big thing. They, they actually, there were people from all over the world that traveled to visit this Fountain of Youth because as you know, and I know, everybody's looking for ways to try and be younger and healthier and keep their age as they were. If we all could press pause, maybe at age 30, I don't think I'd go back to 20, <laughs> but maybe 30 and just kind of live life and do our thing. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, unfortunately, that's not the case, but we did drink the water. And the water had a lot of sulfur in it and some other minerals. It was very um, heavy in that nature. So you, you definitely wouldn't be wanting to drink a couple bottles of it. But it made me think of a couple things. You know, a lot of times in life, we find ourselves walking around and moving around and trying to be in a place where we're, you know, we're trying to find the right health things to keep us younger. That we're trying to find the right food to make us healthier. We're trying to find the right workout to make us fitter. And those are all good things. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer of the fact that, you know, this life, this body has been given to us. It's a gift, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. So we all have a purpose and a plan. And we're literally in a place where as we live life, you know, I think sometimes we focus too much on the here and now, and we don't focus enough on the future. And by the future, I don't even necessarily mean the future in our life. I'm talking about eternity in general. And so I want to challenge you as you're living life to think about what that fountain of youth looks like in your life. What are you trying to do to make yourself younger? What are you trying to do to make yourself more fit? What are you trying to do to add more value to your life? Number one, are you doing those things because we need to be in the best shape and we need to be in a place where we can actually be as healthy as possible to add more value to others? But number two, what are we doing to prepare for tomorrow? What are you doing to prepare for tomorrow? The whole idea of the fountain of youth is so that way someone could step back and, and kind of keep their age as they are so they could literally live life longer. Well, this world is a, is a challenging world. We have things that we're facing today that we never faced before, from shootings in schools to kids that are just crazy. They're not thinking straight. And I believe a big reason that is, is because we're not living on purpose. And that's my challenge. So many people are focusing on finding how they can stay younger and healthier, and they're not as focused on finding their purpose. So my question to you is, do you know your purpose? And if you don't, what are you doing to seek it out, find it out, and find other people in your lives to help you understand what it is? You know, you will never make the impact on life and on people that you could or that you should until you fully find your purpose. I remember Zig Ziglar used to say, there's too many people that actually go to the grave with their music still in them. It's an amazing thought. And you think about that. The reason they do is because they're scared. They're scared to step out. They're scared to do what they know in their heart they should do. So I want to challenge you to take those steps. I want to challenge you to step out. I want to challenge you to get the education you need. I want to challenge you to, to uh, physically work out like you should. I want to challenge you to eat healthy like you should, to get into a place where you can add value to many, many lives. There was something that I wanted to uh, also share with you in relation to this whole sex trafficking phenomenon. It's become a big, big problem in the world. Every 30 seconds a child is taken. Did you know that? Did you know that every 30 seconds in the world a child is taken from their family? to be used for sex slavery, for organ harvesting, and just flat out labor. It's a shame. It's, it's just pure evil. And I want to challenge you as you're working on your life to live with purpose so now you can add more value to others that you look at some of these things like this. You can find out about this, by the way, by going to OURfilm.org, OURfilm.org. 
and you learn about that and then use your life, use your yourself and, and, and live at your full potential so you can literally help in the process of eradicating the world of this evil. So my motivational segment, this segment is the idea of living on purpose, living with purpose, and really finding that purpose. Don't ever forget Jeremiah 29, 11. Look it up, read it, and that'll help you along your way. Now we're gonna, we're gonna move on into this show. We got some uh, great thoughts coming up. We're gonna talk about protect and grow your wealth in any economy. Markets at all time highs. It's been turbulent. What's it going to do coming up? We're gonna talk about that and you'll be better educated right after this. It's estimated that 40 million people are in modern slavery across the world. Most of them are women and young girls. 85% of sex trafficking victims come from the United States. This is Michael Wall, and at Wall Private Wealth and The Michael Wall Show, we are joining in the fight against human trafficking, and I encourage you to join us in that fight. Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit organization with boots on the ground that is making a difference. They're going to places where you and I would never go and rescuing victims and arresting those responsible. That work takes funding, a lot of funding, and that's where all of us can help. So to learn more, go to OURfilm.org. You know, human trafficking has become a $32 billion industry, and by next year, it is expected to surpass the illegal drug trade. It needs to stop. And I, for one, will not stand by while all of our children are at risk. Will you join me in this process of ending sex trafficking in the world? Again, go to OURfilm.org, OURfilm.org to learn how you can get involved in this fight. Welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. Michael has appeared on several national media outlets like Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC. Now, back to the show. All I do is win, 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 no Well, welcome back into The Michael Wall Show. Having a great show this week and uh, talking about a lot of things. In this segment, it's interesting. You know, a conversation that we've had over the years, we've been in the wealth field for over 17 years, and many of you have seen us. Uh, a lot of you have read our book. If you haven't, feel free to go to leanonthewall.com. You can pick up a copy of Retire Once, Retire Well. And the conversation that I hear often is how do we protect and grow wealth in any economy? And is it possible, by the way? You know, or do we just have to go along with the ebb and flow of the market? Or should we try and time the market? Should we try and time the market and be in a place where we say, well, you know, I think the market's at all-time highs. Let's time it. Let's get out. Let's go to cash. Let's wait till it drops. Let's buy back in. Well, when's the bottom? And where's the top? It's interesting when, when we look back at 2014, one of the things that we know when you look at the markets in general is in 14 to 2016, there was about a two-year period where the markets were flat. They literally were flat. They didn't make any money. In fact, Warren Buffett, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, lost a, almost 11.5% in 2015. It's kind of interesting. So it was, it was challenging times to say, okay, is it market high, market low? And we can get ourselves into trouble when we're, when we're timing markets. And there's an interesting clip that was just uh, heard on CNBC. Tony Robbins had some thoughts, and here's what he had to say. If Ray Dalio, right, you know, $160 billion in assets, and a guy that's made 20, you know, money 23 out of the last 26 years says, I can't time the market, no one's going to time the market perfectly, I have a better system in place, mm. then the retail investor has got to learn from that. 
Yeah, and you know, that's really the reality. We got to learn from those that have done it a long time and they're doing a great job and we got to pay attention. And that's one of the things that we look at, you know, at the Wall Private Wealth side when we're working with clients, higher net worth families that are coming in and kind of getting second opinions, helping them with their wealth. How do we protect, grow, and reduce taxes in any economy? One of the first conversations that we do have is we cannot time the market. I've found over the years of connecting with folks that those that are out there, and so a little, little pause here, if you're out there and you're in a place where you're the kind of person where you're saying, you know, I just want to look for the next best thing all the time. I want to challenge you with this. There's nothing wrong with looking for new opportunity because there's always new opportunity that exists out there. But when you are in a place where all you think about is new opportunity, new opportunity, new opportunity. It kind of reminded me, you remember back in the day before you were married or before you had your girlfriend or boyfriend and you were dating someone and you were with them and it was kind of a newer relationship and you were kind of connected with them and you were kind of like, you know, I wonder if there's anybody else out there that's a little better looking (laughs) or that's a little better uh, fit for me. And, you know, you kind of get into a place where you're kind of looking for new opportunity and then you said, no, wait a minute, no, this person is right for me. And then you settled in and it wasn't easy. You know, I've been married 16 years last uh, November. Marriage isn't easy, but it's worth it. We settle in, we doubt in, we work together. And it's the same way with your wealth. We got to be in a a place where we literally have a plan. We're paying attention to it. But we do need to pay attention when markets are high. We do need to pay attention when markets are low. We don't want to try and over time, but we want to try and be in a place where we're setting up our portfolio and setting up our investments and setting up our life for that matter in a way where we can literally implement investment structure that uh, gives us the ability to protect at any time. Now, how does that look and what does it look like when you're when you're talking about building out a plan? Well, when you take a look at your portfolio in general, I always like to use the idea or, or think of it like building a house, right? We've all built a house before. And when you build a house, one of the things we know when you build a house is literally one of the most important things. In fact, I'll ask you this question. When you build a house, what is the most important thing when you build a house? It's the foundation. I mean, it, it is absolutely the foundation. You don't repeat it. You don't do it again. You never go back and finish uh, and say, you know what? Oh, I got the foundation wrong. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do that again. You don't. You just don't do that. You do it right the first time. And then the next thing that you have are the walls. Now, the walls are your rooms and your dining room and your living room and your, you know, your den, your bathrooms and that sort of thing. That's your, that's your walls, right? And then you have the roof. Now, the walls are kind of interesting because when you look at walls and the internals of the house that way, you know, you might build out a kitchen or you might build out your your game room or, um, you know, your living room or whatever it may be. And it's fine for a long time. But then all of a sudden you start watching, you know, HGTV or you're going to dinner parties, you're hanging out and you realize, you know what? My kitchen's out of date. (laughs) Before it was fine. I mean, your stove still works. Your refrigerator still works. Your dishwasher still works. But because you went to your friend's house or saw on, you know, HGTV that all this new stuff is out, you're like, I got to rechange, I got to replace, and I got to update. So now all of a sudden you go through the process of updating. So how does that relate to finances and wealth as I see it? Well, with your foundation, these are investments in the foundation where we're literally in a place where you have, uh, we're taking no market risk. Literally no market risk in the foundation. We're in a, in a spot where we are not going to lose money if the market goes south. Now, I know there's a lot of thought out there, oh, that's not possible, or it is possible, or it isn't possible. You should use investments in that. You should not. All I'm saying to you is when you build a house, you got to have a foundation. When you build your financial life, you got to have a foundation. And part of that, 
part of that peace of mind comes in knowing that when the markets turn over, you're not going to take any risk. And there are investments out there in the foundation that you want to utilize. And then you go into the walls. Now, that's, again, when you make those changes. Remember when you update the kitchen and you update the rooms and that sort of thing after you built your house? Well, when it looks when you look at investments with the walls, those investments are investments that essentially are taking on calculated risk. You know, at our firm, Wall Private Wealth, we do investment advisory through Clarify. It's a great group. And one of the things that we look at bringing through that platform, our wealth coaches will work with folks and help them with things like alternatives. Uh, We've done a lot of research around the Harvard and Yale endowment models. Those are very, very important. They've done a great job over the years. A lot of these investments are off market. You know, we're working in a place where we literally own physical real estate throughout the country, whether it be grocery store shopping centers and multifamily units, whether it be medical office buildings, all of these different things. And we get to participate in some nice depreciable factors, which is tax efficient. We're going to talk about taxes later. Uh, but we get, we get to participate that in a bit, but then we also are in a place where we get some nice yields and it's off market. So we're literally not taking market risk. Why is that important? One of the things that we find, uh, when you're on the market, when you're invested in all of your money is invested in the market, whether the S and P or the Dow or mutual funds or ETFs or stocks or whatever it may be, most of those things, most of those positions that are on the market have the ability to be shorted. Now, I'm not talking about how tall you are and how short you are. What I'm talking about is they can actually take a contract that is a bet on the downside, meaning that if the the, the market goes down, somebody's betting that the market may go down and they're buying an investment that's according. So they will make money when the market goes down. What that does is that puts down pressure on the investments. And when these alternatives, you literally do not have the capability to do shorting on that. So that's one thing that you can do in the walls. There is risk, certainly. But there's different types of risk. You have liquidity risk. You have business risk. You have market risk. And there's other types of risk as well. So you have to evaluate what type of risk is necessary. Also in the walls, that's where you're working with your actively traded accounts. Now, these are things that are in the market, but they're diversified and they're managed well. And that's very, very important that it's diversified and being managed well. What you don't ever want to do with any investment in this category, or quite honestly, any other category in in general, is operate under the old Ron Papil approach. Remember Ron Papil? Ron used to offer those toaster ovens, and you see them on TV. So you just turn the dial, and you just set it and forget it. Well, that's not how we want to do our investments. We want to be in a place where we literally have uh, actively traded, good managers acting on our behalf, And that is in the walls where we're taking calculated risk. Now, the roof, that's literally a place in the roof where we are now exposed to elements that we can't control. You know, I'm down here in South Florida is where we live. And one of the things that we have come through here from time to time are hurricanes. And as hurricanes come through, you just can't control whether or not your roof's going to blow off. You wish you could, but you can't. Now, I'm from Pennsylvania originally, grew up there and lived there a lot of my life. And there we didn't have hurricanes, but we did have snow. And I had an experience one time, maybe you've experienced this before, you can appreciate this, but I actually had an opportunity where my pipes froze. It was a great experience. And uh, (laughs) water was just blowing out all over the place into my basement and it flooded everywhere. Thankfully, my dad was there and and mom was there and they helped out. I was out of town uh, and they kind of helped out in that process. But, you know, so you experience things in the roof that you cannot control. And that's why when we look at our financial house, we literally have the foundation first, 
which is building and having investment structure that gives us the opportunity to average a decent rate of return. What's a decent rate of return? Four to six, four to seven percent over time and take no market risk. And the second place we invest our money is in the in the walls, and that's where we're averaging maybe seven to 20, 22 percent a year, and we're taking calculated risk. And then the third thing is in the roof. Now, I got to be honest with you, a lot of the folks that we work with or that we've interacted with are in a place where they say, you know what, Mike, if I don't need to take any additional risk, if I don't have to take crazy risk to reach my goals, then I don't want to take it. And I would agree with that. So you need to ask yourself, where are you right now? What does your portfolio look like? Because the beginning of this segment, remember, we talked about the idea of protecting and growing your wealth in any economy. Are you in a place where at market all-time highs, we're not going to try and time the market as we, as we uh, learned from uh, Tony Robbins and even Ray Dalio. We're not going to try and do that. But what we are going to do is we're going to pay attention and always be open to repositioning to better opportunities. It's always a good time to reposition your investments to better opportunities that's, that better fit and are a better suit for the stage of life that you're currently in. And that's really, really important. If you want more information on that, by the way, just go to michaelwallshow.com. There's also additional videos that I shot on retiring well, and you can find those on leanonthewall.com. If you go to leanonthewall.com, there's a retire well video series. You can go there, click on it, watch those. I've filmed those for you for free. We talk about things like how to avoid financial salesmen, how to build a solid financial house. I go into more depth and other things that are going to help you get better educated so you can make better decisions to maximize the wealth you've been blessed with and extend it and create a significant legacy that's lasting long term. We're going to talk next segment about the idea of being your own bank. What does that look like? How do we be our own bank? What are the benefits of it? What are the disadvantages of it? And how can you potentially apply it in your life? So we're going to talk about that right after this. I'm the man. Hi, it's Michael Wall here. Have you ever wondered how to find the right financial advisor? Or what investments should I be invested in? Or how do I transition and reposition my portfolio as I move into the retirement stage of life? The investment needs in retirement are different than those while you're working. What we've done is we've put together a simple, easy to understand video series that you're going to love. Go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the Retire Well video series. When you click on that, you're going to have the opportunity to enter your information and then get exclusive access to a video series I've created just for you to help you get simple information that is going to be profound in helping you achieve the retirement you've always wanted. Again, go to leanonthewall.com to access the Retire Well video series. Helping families grow and protect their wealth. This is the Michael Wall Show. Welcome back into the Michael Wall Show. Having a great show this week. Talking about a lot of things. Have you just dialed into us? Well, we appreciate you listening in and tuning in. Uh, you're joining uh, many from uh, all over the world, dialing into the show, whether you're listening via radio or on podcast. If you're listening on radio, I got to tell you that we have a lot of folks, in fact, in over 100 countries in the world now actually listening via podcast because they don't have time to listen to the whole show on radio. So you can just go to michaelwallshow.com or even easier, search Michael Wall Show on your favorite podcast app to dial in and subscribe each and every week. This segment, though, we're talking about the idea of being your own bank. 
Now, doesn't that sound exciting? You know, I have four kids. For those of you that know me and follow us a little bit on Facebook or, or uh, Instagram, other places, you'll know that we got four kids and we're very active with that. And uh, my oldest son, Cyrus, I walk house, walk to the house one day and I'm walking into the door and I look at his room and he's got a big sign on the wall and it says wall to wall banking. <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. And I was like, Cyrus, what are you doing? He's like, well, dad. He's like, I'm taking money from my brothers and sisters and I'm, I'm helping them to be their bank. So that's what I'm doing. I said, well, are you paying them interest for using their money or keeping their money or whatever? And he said, well, he's like, no, they're actually paying me. That's <laughs> like, well, that seems like a pretty good situation. You've, you've figured some things out, I guess. But I think you're supposed to pay them interest uh, to have the access to use their money. So I thought that was comical. And, and no, that is not the kind of bank that we're referring to when I say be your own bank. You know, it's interesting in the financial world and in life in general, sometimes I think we can miss things and it can be challenging for consumers because the financial industry, and quite honestly, every industry, this is in the, this is true in the health industry. This is true in the uh, the legal industry. This is true in essentially every industry. They kind of have their own language, don't they? You know, it kind of complicates things. It allows the consumer, allows investors, allows people to be in a place where they're saying, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I remember, you know, we've done some articles for the Wall Street Journal and the USA Today and some of the other networks that we've been on, CNBC and others. And I always tried to dumb it down. I always tried to simplify and share things in such a way that would penetrate so that way the listener would literally be able to get something from that interview. And I love this thought. And the thought is complexity is the enemy of execution. Think about that. Great quote. Write it down. Complexity is the enemy of execution. Now, this isn't just in our financial life. This is in every part of life. Complexity can be the enemy of execution. And again, we're talking about the idea of being your own bank. But before I jump to that, I want to share this thought as well. And that is putting systems in your life so that system will make you better. And I think potentially you have to check your own financial situation and your own story to see if becoming your own bank makes sense. But I think potentially that could be a system that could help make your life better. And let me give you an example of what I mean by creating a system that will help you make, make yourself better and kind of being in that system. So we've all been to an airport before, hopefully. Hopefully you've fly, flown somewhere. You know, airport and flights today are more common than ever. And when you go to that airport, what happens is, you know, a lot of times you'll see signs at some airports that'll say, don't lay on the seats. And there was a particular airport, I remember Tony Robbins was telling a story where there was an airport where uh, he went in and he saw there were people, you know, late at night, they'd missed their flights. And you know how fun that is, just to kind of hang out in the airport all day long. And they were literally laying down on the seats. They were laying down seat to seat. You know, the goal was, is they didn't want them to lay in the seats. So you could keep the seats available for those folks coming in and sitting down. And then it was at another airport and that sign wasn't up. The sign of don't land the seats wasn't up. And the reason was is because in between each seat was a divider, you know, an armrest. So you literally were not able, even if you wanted to, to lay down on the seats. Well, what's the point of that story? The point of the story is the airport with the dividers had created a system that allowed the people to be accountable whether they wanted to be or not. And I think sometimes one of the biggest reasons that people fail in life, whether it's working out, I mean, how many times have we all thought, I need to get healthier? I need to get more in shape. 
I need to work out and I need to just eat healthier and I need to get more proactive and we try and try and try, but we don't do it. The reason is, is we're not committed to a system that keeps us in place. Same way with finances. It's interesting, the average investor going back for years and years, their average rate of return is really not that great. One of the reasons is because they are emotionally driven. They don't have a system which keeps them in place. Or maybe they're with a, uh, an advisor or a firm that is subscribing fully to the market. Or maybe they're with someone that's subscribing fully not to the market. So you need to have diversity in your life. And I want to jump into that because, you know, a lot of times we experience folks as they get older, they're in a place where they want to take income. They've built a portfolio, they've built their wealth, and now they want to take income from that portfolio to support their lifestyle. You know, maybe they want to go out and buy some Twinkies or uh, a soda pop or <laughs> whatever you want to do in retirement, but you want, to, you want to take some income and enjoy your life. Take vacation, do what you want to do. And being your own bank is a big philosophy. And here's what it is. It's the idea of essentially utilizing an insurance contract, okay, and moving monies into those contracts, which are specifically designed and more importantly, correctly designed. There's a lot of contracts out there that you can use. So you want to make sure you get the one that's designed correctly. And the goal is you move money into those contracts, whether it comes from an investment or whether it comes from your own bank in general. And that money then goes in there for the ability to grow. So that way, whenever you need to take income or take monies out, you can literally take it out tax-free. Now, there's a couple things that you need to be looking at when you're looking at this in general. First off, you need to make sure the company that you're working with is a good company. It's a solid company. It's been around for a long time. Now, that can be easy sometimes to find, but it can still be challenging to know which company is correct. And the primary reason is because there's a ton of them out there. And then each company has a variety of different products. One thing that's important when you look at safety, because, you know, taking monies and taking it in a tax-free manner is a great idea and a good thing. But we also want to make sure that our money is safe. Now, if you go to the FDIC website and you take a look at some of the facts and figures behind the FDIC backing up money in banks, first off, it only covers up to $250,000 anyways, which is virtually nothing. But at the end of the day, the, the money's backing up the dollars in your bank is very, very low at the FDIC level. So if you're planning on the fact that, hey, if the bank fails, the FDIC at least is there that makes me feel good, you need to go to their website and read the fine print. <laughs> because the reality of it is there's not much backing up your dollars in the bank. Number two, when we take a look at utilizing these insurance products and structures as safety, what we know in contrast to what I just mentioned about the FDIC is a lot of these insurance companies have what's called a dollar-for-dollar dollar reserve ratio. Here's what that means. That means for almost every dollar that you put in, they have a dollar in reserve. In other words, they have a reserve account set aside specifically, God forbid something happens. Remember, these are all independent companies, most of them, which means they have to abide by rules and regulations that a lot of government entities do not. Now, I know banks aren't necessarily government entities, but as we all know, there's some, I think there's some tie there. I mean, let's think about it. Remember the whole too big to fail back in 2008 when the market crashed? And all of these banks that have stolen money, taken money, created fictitious accounts, you know, paid millions and millions to billions of dollars in fines. I just saw a report, I believe it was, where Wells Fargo was paying about a billion dollars in fines here. It's just happening right now. You can search it. 
for basically double charging in different commission products within their bank. And a couple months ago, they got dinged, you know, for creating false accounts. That was a year ago, wherever it was. And now what happens is we're, we're in a place where we say, okay, where should we put our money and why? And why should we use insurance companies? Well, well, one of the reasons we need to think about using this potentially as a part of your retirement or future planning is because of that reserve ratio. So they have literally been in a place where the money's protected in a lot of ways. Obviously, there's risk to everything, but there's a, you know, you always have to factor what is the highest level of protection that I can potentially get. Okay. And that's what I'm talking about here. The other thing that's important when we use these insurance companies and in design correctly, a lot of times these are housed in type of inside of life insurance type products. And you want to remember that bigger isn't always better. So sometimes the companies that you see that are literally advertising for the Olympics or, you know, NCAA or all these other sports are not necessarily always the best. Now, that doesn't mean they're bad. That doesn't mean they can't have a great product that would be good for you. They might be. They might have. And it might be the best for you. But just keep that in mind. You want to make sure you shop well so you find the right fit. What we've seen over the years is that one of these correctly designed products has literally given the opportunity for tax-free growth. If it's designed correctly, again, as I mentioned, a lot of times we've seen over 7% a year in actual annual return with no market negative volatility. We're going to get a death benefit just as a bonus. We may not get it for that, but we're going to get a death benefit. And we're going to have the opportunity to take income several ways. So these are options for a piece of the pie. What I don't encourage you to do is go run and put all of your money into something like this. I'm just kind of helping you think outside the box a little bit. And what if we could take a little bit more control of our own life and actually be our own bank and then actually earn interest on our money and take it out tax-free instead of letting banks use our money and, and let them make a lot of money on it and be in a place where we've just do that because that's just what we've always done. Remember the old definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. We cannot do that if we want to move forward continually in life. So this is an idea and a thought you might have questions about. I actually shot a video on this as well. If you want to reach out to us, feel free to go to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And you'll see there's a little space there on the bottom that says request a review. Just put your information in there in the message area. Just say, I'd like to have the video or video about being your own bank. And send that email away, and we'll make sure we get that video to you. It's going to challenge you to think differently. And again, so the whole goal is you can maximize your life and your future and your wealth and your legacy. Very, very important. We're going to talk about taxes a little bit coming up next. Join me every Sunday morning for the Sunday Morning Money Report to get financial headlines and retirement tips. Michael Wall, a nationally recognized financial author, advisor, and radio host, joins me each week as well. His firm, Wall Private Wealth, helps folks protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. To learn more about the Sunday Morning Money Report or how Michael's team can help build a financial plan for your retirement, go to leanonthewall.com and we'll see you Sunday mornings at 8.58. Helping families grow and protect their wealth. This is the Michael Wall Show. Whatever it takes. Cause I love the Here we are back at the Michael Wall Show. Love that song, Imagine Dragons, Whatever It Takes. You know, I saw them 
had the privilege to kind of watch them at the AMAs in LA last year, and it was a lot of fun. Great show. Pink was there. A lot of other people. And boy, they, they just do a phenomenal job. They did Thunder, if you've ever heard some of their other songs. Love that song as well. They did a great job live there, and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. But I like that song. You know, it's interesting as we lead it in because it really gives us the idea and mindset of whatever it takes. And I always like to challenge you with education and motivation to actually take action because, you know, knowledge is great, but application's better, right? You, you can know a bunch of stuff. You can be the smartest person in the room, but if you don't apply anything, you're, you're in a place where you're saying, huh, I'm not sure why that, why, why that person passed me in life. Why are they doing better than me in business? Why is their family more fruitful? Why are they, the reason is, is because they're applying things. So application matters. And you know, it's, it's interesting with taxes, uh, as we look at taxes, this, this short segment, I want to talk a little bit about that because it changes over time. Obviously, Trump's tax bill has, has passed. We've seen changes there. There's a lot of historic changes there. If you have not sat down with your CPA or a tax professional to kind of revisit what can we do, are there changes that we need to be making to really take advantage of maximizing our overall tax structure? I don't know, I don't know about you. But for me, one of the big things we want to be looking at is ways to morally, legally, and ethically disinherit the IRS. Now, we got elections coming up here in the midterms, and those change things. It can create market volatility. It can create uh, tax change structures that Democrats come in. And there was a, actually a market analyst on CNBC had t- talked about volatility. Here's what he had to say. You know, for the longest time, nobody really cared about the presidential tweets or the or the backbiting that is seemingly endless inside of Congress. But I think now that we're getting to some critical points, especially with a midterm election coming up uh, in just a few months, I think you will start to see volatility pick up based upon what's happening in Washington. Isn't it amazing that our political risk, not only for the markets, but for taxes and things, has gone way through the roof? You know, he mentioned, you know, about tweets and things. And it's funny that... I still think we have way too much news. I think we have way too much news. And we got 24-hour news cycles. And then we got Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of these things, which, is ba- which have basically become more news cycles. And most of it's a negative or trying to throw stones at one person or the other or the other. And it can be frustrating. But when we see these uh, midterm elections, it's definitely going to create more volatility, whether it be in markets and, and in taxes in general. But as of now... What we know is there's been tax changes, historic tax changes, that give us the ability to literally uh, take advantage of tax benefits. So you need to be dialing into that. One of the things we know is that next year, roughly, the the suggestions and the research shows that about only 5% of people will actually itemize next year. Now, these are typically folks that are higher income earners, and that, that number is way down from where we are current. So this is a big, big deal as far as how your overall taxes look. This is why you got to sit down. you got to have an approach. you got to have a plan. And by the way, when I talked previous about the idea of being your own bank, this is something that you may want to put a little bit more to the forefront today maybe than, than you did three or four years ago because the idea of growing money is great, but we want to try and grow money in a way that we're growing our money, not just the portion of Uncle Sam. You know, if you have money in an account and that account grows and it grows tax deferred, well, it feels good in the interim. But really, all you're doing is growing your portion, yes, but you're also growing Uncle Sam's portion. So on everything that we do with investments, we got to be looking for ways to save money in taxes. 
My challenge with you is really to sit down, evaluate, find the right professional, get a second opinion if you need, and really look at your tax structure to make sure you are maximizing it for your current income, for your future income. You know, when was the last time you sat down and had a, had a review, an overall review on your entire portfolio, and the conversation wasn't just about how much did we make this year, or how much risk do we have, or how much are our fees? Those are all important, but what if the conversation in addition was about what are we doing to strategically reposition money to save money in taxes? And again, that's something you need to dial in more about. Well, coming up next segment, we have a special guest, Mike Wolf. He's the head of uh, sales for DeLonghi Group International. Great interview coming up next. Hi, this is Michael Wall. I know it can be challenging to get the right information to know exactly what investments you should make, how to find the right financial advisor, how to build a solid financial house that will outlast and work through any market condition. So what I decided to do is put together a simple, easy to understand, retire well video series where you can go at your leisure and watch these videos and clearly understand the best opportunities and get more education so you can make a better decision for your financial future. All you need to do is go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the link that says click here to access the Retire Well webinar series. This series is going to bring to light and really offer you a lot of clarity to help you make better decisions with your financial future. Again, that's leanonthewall.com. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. Catch up on previous episodes at michaelwallshow.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back into the Michael Wall Show. Here we are joined with a great guest, and he is uh, joining us from the north. Mike Wolf is his name. He's the head of sales of DeLonghi Group. I met Mike uh, a little while back. We were actually in an airport, and if you're in business, you know that you travel from time to time. And I know, Mike, you only travel, you try and keep your traveling, your your air miles under 500 miles a year, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm definitely one of those million milers. <laughs> <laughs> all over the place, all over the place. Well, by the way, if you uh, missed Absolutely. the first parts of the show, make sure you check out uh, michaelwallshow.com. You can learn lots there to make sure you dial in and get that. But Mike, first off, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I thought it was interesting. We just had some conversation, you know, talking about how business changes and uh, life changes with the internet and retail and all of these different things. Maybe let's start out and kind of share with the listeners, if they're not familiar with the DeLong Group, who you guys are and kind of how you got into doing what you're doing. Sure. Well, first, uh, thanks for inviting me on your show. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, DeLonghi is a uh, premium uh, small appliance manufacturer, uh, a worldwide uh, manufacturer based out of uh, Treviso, Italy. And uh, we, have, we have several brands, and we uh, really basically sell to almost every uh, uh, major retailer in the U.S., uh, we've got brands. Uh, the first brand is uh, DeLonghi, and uh, we're mostly known for our uh, espresso uh, product line. We make machines from about $99 up to about 3500 Yeah, We've got worldwide market share, number one market share in the U.S., and okay. uh, that's been a real strong business for us. And then we've got a couple other brands. We have uh, Braun, which is another uh, houseware brand, uh, owned um, half of it's owned by uh, Procter & Gamble, so they're personal shavers. And then on the DeLonghi side, uh, we own, uh, or the Braun side, we own... Um, 
the the mixers and um, coffee makers and things that you'll see in in in, in various stores. And then we've got uh, another line called Kenwood, which is more of a European brand, uh, similar mm-hmm. to like a Cuisinart over in Europe. Mm-hmm. And then we have a very strong partnership with Nespresso, which is owned by Nestle. And uh, we manufacture their machines that go with their premium coffee uh, capsules. And again, that's sold uh, in a wide range of uh, retail stores uh, throughout the U.S. So if someone drinks coffee or cappuccino or espresso, they've probably heard of your brand. <laughs> that's the point, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's... They're, uh, they're probably making it uh, in, a, in a DeLonghi uh, espresso machine somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Well, so tell me this. You know, yep. over the years, one of the things that we talked about when we were at the airport is uh, a little bit of how life has changed, business has changed, you know, the internet's changed. You got the Amazon today, which is the big, you know, Goliath, so to speak, and uh, changed a lot with retail. And I, I was intrigued. You know, you were in a place where we met there where you guys were doing some stuff, I think, with QVC and HSN. And you had talked about right. how you guys are really doing a good job of staying in front of the shift and change in, in how people buy, how consumers buy today. And tell us a little bit about how you've seen that shift and change affect your brand. Sure. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a dramatic change. I mean, I've, I've been uh, in business selling uh, technology and, and other products for, for quite a long time. And I'm always amazed how, how a, a new technology can you know disrupt a, uh, a company or, or, or an industry. Yeah, but what I'm exactly. more surprised is how, how um, companies tend to not see the curve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. when you talk about, again, like Amazon, the, the, the behemoth, it was no surprise that they've been building infrastructure for the last 10 years and not taking yep. profit while they're doing it as they build out this infrastructure. And all the other retailers were kind of just sitting back and saying, you know, I want to kind of stick to my plan. And yeah. now here we are, uh, where Amazon and others are taking, you know, a significant share. When you think about Amazon, just even going back to, say, 2006, you know, they were doing about $10 billion in revenue, and their market cap was probably about $17 billion. And then 12 years later, they're doing $177 billion, yeah. you know, 30% growth every year. And yep. they've got a market cap now of $700 billion. Yeah, and then you look at a guy like a Walmart. Uh, back in 2006, they were you know the largest you know right. retailer out there with a market cap of about 214 billion. Twelve years later, they're only about 255 billion. Isn't that so amazing? Here's, here's where it's it's just unbelievable how like you know uh, yeah. a company comes in and sees a trend and builds its infrastructure and and just steals that share. And, and that's happening across all the different retailers. Traditional retail is having a tough time in terms of just getting uh, floor traffic, people to come in and see their store. You know, we've had a, a tough time with a lot of stores you see uh, out in the marketplace. You know, Macy's, JCPenney, uh, iconic brands like Toys R Us, you know, closing their doors. I mean, yep. or go, closing their stores or, or struggling, and, you know, yeah. if they would have kind of been a little proactive even five years ago, they could have, you know, caught up. But now now they're forced to do it. They're, they're forced so to close pre- stores. Prepare and, in advance, and right? More involved. It almost reminds me, Mike, of the whole idea, you know, if you're riding a motorcycle, you know, you never look directly down at the ground. If you're going around a curve, you obviously look in front of you, so that way you're ready for it and your body kind of moves there. Uh, and Amazon has done a lot to prepare in advance for the future things. Let me ask you a question from, from the DeLonghi group in particular, because you guys are all over the world. What yep. were some of the yep. things specifically uh, that you've seen that you found or, or maybe even that, that has brought you to where you are and that you even see in the future coming that you're kind of preparing for to be ready for whatever that next generation is? Yeah, I mean, when, well, when you think about the next generation, you know, the millennials are now the, the largest population in U.S. with 91 yep. million, 18 mm-hmm. to 34. 
And they're really the uh, first generation that's, they're the digital natives. Uh, they've grown right. up with digital and technology and, you know, it's actually, you know, odd for them if they're not uh, using uh, digital technology. So they have a very high expectation of speed and convenience and delivery and, and even personalization. So we've been spending a lot of time on just developing a lot more uh, really high quality assets to put online, whether it's video or just descriptions. And it's really about telling what the solution is for the consumer uh, mm-hmm. instead of just right. a box and a price because that, yeah. that model is, is, is done. If you want to buy a box at a certain price, you can go in 100 different places. Right. Uh, today, retailers really need to figure out how to create an experience to get that customer out of their door yeah. and come into their store. And that's, that could be in, in various different ways. And yeah, I see a lot of retailers just trying to create you know, a lot of good service items. So, for example, Bloomingdale's, you know, we're, we're uh, installing a lot of our fully automatic uh, espresso coffee machines in the cosmetic area. So huh. as they're, as they're you know, going through and looking at cosmetics, well, let me offer you a cappuccino. And then all of a sudden the yeah. conversation goes, did you know you can have this machine at home? Yeah. So lots of things like that. Uh, Alternative that marketing. Just trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's really about a 360 yeah. omni-channel approach now. Uh, the retailers, you know, even 10 years ago, you know, they had their territory. They, their 30-mile radius was their customers. Mm-hmm. And now the consumer is really, really in the driver's seat now. They have an yeah. opportunity to, to really see every retailer everywhere and also in the world. And pricing is, is much more transparent. And then they got this thing called reviews where now they're relying on other people <laughs> to tell them how the product works instead of the marketing yeah. spend. Yeah. So Let they me really ask you have an question. opportunity to do it. Yep. In relation to the way things have shifted, because I, I think what I hear you're saying, and, and we see this a lot as far as the whole idea of not just, you know, here's a product, buy it, but really creating a story and a brand and, a, and almost a following, creating your own culture around who you are and what you do and why owning this product kind of connects with my lifestyle and what I like to do. Are you seeing that the retention, you know, client retention of, of kind of additional purchases, uh, buying more brand, buying more product from you guys in the future is actually increased because we're now creating a story and it's not just a buy, sell, walk away, come back and do it again, but you're actually creating a culture that you want, people want to be a part of. Are you seeing more retention with clients? You know, it's a little bit Down of both. Road. Uh, so, um, you know, some, some consumers are much more open to uh, purchasing non-big um, premium brands because mm-hmm. now they have an opportunity to rely on other people who say, you know what, I bought this product and it works great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, they see that and they say, you know, 80, 88% of consumers now believe that uh, reviews, that they rely on them as, as if they were their friend. Uh, so they have mm-hmm. a high uh, value on that. With that said, brands that are winning really well are the ones that are making those really personal connections. So mm-hmm. especially the millennial group, they love to feel like they're part of a group. You know, if you've got a really strong app from a retailer and they connect in it, you've now got a personal connection. And now with the big data and, and the digital um, collecting of information, you now have so much information on that customer that helps them steer very specific products to them. And consumers really love that. So now, you know, they're, they're thinking about a coffee maker, but then the next day they're, you send them a, a, a digital uh, e-blast about, well, you know what, this particular product goes really well with that. It's called cappuccino glasses. So now you have this opportunity to communicate back and mm-hmm. forth with mm-hmm. consumers much more than you ever had in the past. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little bit of both. I mean, there's, there's a much bigger opening for a lot of non-recognized brands to be mm-hmm. exposed to a, a really large group of customers. 
mm-hmm. and at the same time, strong brands have an opportunity to communicate on a much more deeper level than they've ever had before. So, I mean, it's an exciting time. There's a lot of changes that are going on in retail, but there's also a, a, just a ton of opportunity. Just being open to the change is necessary. Again, we're talking with Mike Wolf. He's the head of sales for the DeLonghi Group. And uh, Mike, it's been a great interview. I appreciate you coming on. But if people want to go check out your brand, what you guys have to offer, where's the best place they should go? Yeah, you can go around to uh, DeLonghi.com. And uh, okay. we've got a strong website that kind of gives you a good overview of all the different products and, and categories that we uh, that we support. Okay, so go to DeLonghi.com, check them out. And Mike, thanks so much for sharing your insight and some thoughts there. Maybe some point in time we'll have you back as you guys continue to shift and move in the marketplace and, and be a leader in your field. That sounds great. Thanks for having me. All I right. appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much. We'll talk yeah. to you soon. Well, what a great interview from Mike and what a great show this week. If you missed certain parts of the show, I'm going to challenge you to go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, michaelwallshow.com. And you can make sure on your favorite podcast app, you're subscribing via Michael Wall Show. And here's my challenge as I do each and every week, share with you and challenge you to go out there and live with purpose so you can live on purpose. The only way that we change the world is to change those around us. And that starts by changing us and then overflowing to the people that are in our lives. So let's go change the world. I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at The Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group, Inc.